Welcome to The Physician Story, a podcast started by Girl Up Surgeons. Through interviews with doctors, our mission is to empower and inspire the next generation of female healthcare leaders. Today, we are interviewing Dr. Janan Khouli, a Lebanese dermatologist. To begin with, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes. So my name is Janan Khouli. I am a dermatologist. Uh, and so I, I did my studies uh, at the American University of Beirut, my medical degree, and I went on to uh, uh, do my residency in dermatology uh, at the American University of Beirut. And then I did a year of uh, the FMS in Paris and came back to Lebanon in 2015, where I started my practice. And uh, so um, now uh, I'm currently a clinical assistant professor at uh, the Lebanese American University uh, Medical Center at the Department of Dermatology. And I practice uh, at LAUMC Reset Hospital and St. John Hospital. And I also practice in my, in, at a private clinic at, in downtown Beirut. So there you go. That's, and I'm also a mother of three. So I think it's an important detail. <laughs> Um, what does a day in your life look like? Wow. Okay. So, um, um, so my days uh, are usually uh, a mix of juggling uh, several things because, as I told you before, I am a mother. So, um, I have to juggle my house life with my work. If you want to. Uh, go in more detail about, uh, I mean, a dermatology practice usually, and especially in the setting of a, um, a university hospital, uh, most of our work is outpatient work. So it's clinics. And we do have uh, sometimes some consults on the floors and uh, a lot of teaching activities as well. And uh, thankfully, and I'm very grateful for that, um, I am able to allocate time for work and time for uh, personal life uh, so as to have as much balance as possible. That's uh, one of the easy things to do in dermatology. Yes, so, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, what made you choose medicine? Why did you want to become a doctor? Uh, okay, so... I, I, I didn't always want to be, I mean, I, I, I'm, personally, it was a complicated, um, it was a complicated journey for me. Uh, I have two, um, two passions. One of them is medicine and one of them is um, creativity and artistry and painting and drawing and all of that. So I have these two pulsions and uh, two, two, two things that inhabit me. So um, when I think about medicine, I went for that because uh, I, you know, saying that you go into medicine just to help people is, is you know, there are plenty of jobs out there where you help people. Uh, but what is intriguing to me in the patient-doctor relationship is that you have uh, a very strong bond when you help somebody uh, when they are in a time of very when they are in a time of need and specifically when they are vulnerable physically. So this connection and this relationship and this ability to help at that level. That is what 
I mean, now makes me want to be a doctor. At the time, if you had asked me when I was 18, why do you want to be a doctor? I would have told you probably because I enjoy the science uh, and uh, because I wanted to help people. So I, I would have gone, you know, when I was 18 for that particular answer. But now it's more about, you know, the, 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 the very intimate relationship that you, that you uh, have with patients uh, that really it gives you another, I don't think there are a lot of uh, jobs that give you this type of dimension, this type of relationship with another person. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So um, what advice can you give for high schoolers or postgraduates that want to pursue a career in medicine? Um, make sure that there is nothing else you'd rather do. Uh, because, you know, the road, the road to becoming a doctor is, is difficult. And a lot of times you're going to have doubts. You're going to say, uh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. But, you know, I, and I, you know, in my, in my studies, I did, you know, uh, between my uh, bachelor of, of uh, in, in, in biology uh, and, uh, and uh, between my med school, I did take a year off because I had this hesitation at one point uh, because you can be very good intellectually at something, but, the road to becoming a doctor is very hard. Uh, being around uh, sick people, okay, and treating people who uh, who are ill is is very demanding uh, psychologically. So, uh, and it demands a very particular type of um, of, of empathy and also an ability to shield yourself uh, so that you can keep doing your job. Uh, actually, so. I, I would say make sure that there's, there isn't anything else that you'd rather do. Make sure that this is the only thing you see yourself doing. There's nothing else you can see yourself doing. And uh, this is... Uh, yes, I agree. Um, and for medical school, there are requirements to enter into specific work. What yeah. are the requirements that you had to meet and how did you prepare for, you know, to enter medical school? Uh, well, at, uh, when it was my turn to go into medical school, there were the MCATs. So I did my three years of uh, biology at AUB and I sat for my MCATs. And uh, I scored quite well. And uh, I, I only wanted to go to med school in AUB, so I didn't uh, apply anywhere else. So um, I was uh, selected to, to, uh, to, to get into medical school that way. And of course, it helps to, you know, have some experience. As I recall, I mean, I, I did do uh, a bit of, uh, I mean, I was a Girl Scout. Uh, so I had uh, some experience in social work. Uh, and I did do some um, work in um, you know, at St. Jude's Hospital, volunteering with uh, with uh, the I mean, the cancer uh, patients, the pediatric cancer patients, uh, spending some time with them and playing with them. Uh, that was before, way before COVID. <laughs> I don't know if they still have such programs, um, but yeah, this is one of the things uh, that I did uh, to to uh, to prepare and to 
up my CV uh, to be accepted into med school. Um, what are some tips you think are important to thrive on the pre-med journey? Um, first of all, be organized. Try to focus in class, you know, um, gain as much as you can in class. Uh, I know now it's not the same situation. Now you have a lot of online classes. It's more complicated to, uh, to focus when you're online, believe me. And uh, so the connection with the teacher is not as easy. But definitely um, try to focus as much as you can when you, uh, you're in the lecture. Uh, and then go back and uh, don't wait too long before you go over your, your notes. Don't wait too long before you, you study your chapters. So that, uh, I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things that you need to know. Uh, and a lot of, um, a lot of studying in, in, in medicine. So, uh, so the first point would be be organized to leave some space for, you know, for your own life. Uh, so as you don't uh, get uh, completely burnt out. Um, uh, at the hospital, you know, make, make the best of it when you're a med three and a med four. Uh, try to learn, you know, proper bedside manners. Go into details with physical exam because this is the only time where you're going to get, uh, I mean, to do that in detail. So that's, uh, uh, that's uh, one tip I could give you. And um, did you face any challenges or setbacks as a woman in this field? I mean, to be completely fair, uh, as a dermatologist, uh, I, I, a lot of my colleagues uh, are, are women. So it's not particularly uh, a problem for women in dermatology at AUB where I worked and uh, I consider myself, no, I haven't, you know, uh, had any issues as a woman, uh, you know, almost 50% of my med, med school uh, uh, class were, were women and strong and very good. I mean, very, uh, very clever women. So no, I didn't, uh, I'm happy to say I didn't, no, but I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not a surgeon. Uh, I think in surgery, women do face uh, discrimination from uh, both their colleagues and and their um, and their patients. You know, uh, a lot of uh, patients would rather be uh, uh, operated on by men. So I'm not in the proper position to answer that question in a very truthful way. But in my particular case, I have never had any issues with discrimination. Uh, as a woman. Um, now moving on into more person questions. If you don't, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna say one thing. There is one thing uh, actually that I thought of because it's just because I planned my, you know, my wedding and my children. I planned it differently. I, I planned, uh, you know, I have some of my colleagues who had children and who got married during during residency. And no, I think it was uh, a little bit more difficult for them uh, when they had to juggle, you know, having children and continuing their studies. Um, then it was, I mean, for me, because I planned it differently. I planned to finish my studies, finish my, my, my residency and even finish my, my extra year in, in, in Paris. 
uh, and then start having children. So this is why probably I didn't feel as much discrimination. Uh, but I do recall some of my uh, you know, some of my colleagues having children while in re residency, and it wasn't that simple for them. Yes, that must be hard. Mm -hmm. um, can we move on to personal questions, if you don't mind? Yes, no problem. Go ahead. Um, taking into consideration the ongoing economic and political crisis in Lebanon, how are doctors like you still managing to provide the same quality of patient care? And how is Lebanon reacting to the shortage of doctors after the Beirut blast? Uh, so the shortage of doctors started a bit before that. I would say it started um, after after October 2019, people started leaving. But I, it was accentuated after uh, the blast. And now uh, with the current situation, now we're seeing a real exodus of, of, um, of doctors. So um, our work has become very difficult on several aspects. One... Um, my, I mean, our, our standard of care is definitely not what we would like it to be because we are unable to prescribe, especially as dermatologists, huh? yeah, and because our medications are nowhere uh, on, on the priority, the lists of anybody uh, when it comes to getting them into Lebanon. So uh, I would say most... 99% of the medications that we use in dermatology are unavailable. So the biggest issue we're having is uh, we can diagnose you, uh, we can tell you what to do, we can tell you what medications to get, but we can't guarantee that you're going to find these medications and we can't, um, and we have to deal with, with that. So um, I, ca I, I simply can't treat patients. I can diagnose them. I can do a biopsy. I, I can even order a few tests, although this has uh, stopped right now because, for example, at the LAU Medical Center, we're not doing outpatient tests anymore. I have to send them to other labs when they're, when they're able to do so. And so we have a problem with treatment of the patients. We have a problem with, uh, uh, and, and sometimes with diagnosis when it comes to lab tests. And of course, the cost, varying the cost of treatment. Because a lot and of diagnosis, because a lot of insurance companies have, uh, you know, stopped giving a full coverage because of the whole situation. So that's so it's very very difficult to to manage. And when it comes to you know um, the exodus of of doctors, I'm I'm you know we did have a lot of uh, dermatologists and very very good dermatologists leave, and this is absolutely. Uh, this is very sad because uh, you know when you when you practice medicine you're not in a bubble. Uh, you you talk to your colleagues, you convene with your colleagues, you uh, rely on your colleagues to uh, you know to to give the best care to your patients um, uh, and to give them the best quality of care. So it is it is getting very difficult, but we're you know we're building new networks and. Uh, thanks to you know, um, thanks to online consultations and stuff like that, we can still manage to get the opinion of other doctors when it comes to particular cases. But it's not easy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy. Uh, why exactly did you choose to become a dermatologist? 
Um, so it wasn't the first uh, it wasn't the first specialty I had in mind when I went into medicine because um, I like hardcore medicine. So I like uh, internal medicine. I used to like uh, emergency medicine. Uh, you know, very you know specialties where your the energy is higher. You know, you're you're doing things all the time. You're it's more upbeat, you know, as, as specialties. So when I uh, when I did my dermatology elective when I was in at three, um, the first week I, I got really bored. I, I and but after a week and when I got used to to the rhythm and I saw that uh, actually it's uh, it's it's a lot of detective work, you know. Uh, it's very interesting how. Uh, the skin uh, can reflect what is happening um, inside the body. So uh, that was uh, that was the first thing I I felt uh, after that second week uh, of, of elective. So it was a lot of detective work. It was very interesting how um, how I mean the most important part in dermatology is diagnosis. So you really are. Uh, looking at textures, at colors, at, you know, really breaking down uh, a particular rash, trying to, to dig in the patient's history and trying to connect all the dots to get to a proper diagnosis. And when you do get to the proper diagnosis and then you, you, you go to the, to the treatment. And for me, this is what was very, very interesting, you know, intellectually in dermatology. Also, it's very interesting because, um, of the basic science of dermatology. So the skin as an organ is a very interesting organ. Uh, so, so that was one of the things that uh, drew me to dermatology. Uh, also, um, also uh, the fact that you get to deal with patients of all ages, you go from adults, pediatrics, that's, that's, um, uh, that's also one of the advantages of dermatology. And uh, lastly, but I think uh, it was the most interesting part is the, the connection between the psyche and the skin. So the way um, the way the skin reflects not only what's going on uh, inside the body, but also what's going on in a person's life, on a person's mind, um, uh, the way uh, stress affects the skin, the way uh and and also the way the skin affects the psyche so um i think it's very uh, there's a big there's a lot of work to be done uh, when it comes to uh the way dermatological diseases um affect uh body image affect self worth affect self esteem and this is uh, uh, this is really what draws me to dermatology. Um, knowing the stereotypes, especially in the Middle East region, of becoming a doctor while raising kids, how can you mm -hmm. change this mentality? Um, how can you convince the Arab and international audience that balancing between work and family is very feasible and needs to be more normalized? Um, you know, the, I, I read somewhere that uh, as a woman, you are expected to work as if you do, I, as a mother, you mean, as a working mother, because they don't see, they don't say working father, but you are expected to work 
as if you don't have any children and you're expected to rear your children as if you don't work. And uh, this doesn't work. You know, this is not something that's feasible. Um, and I am very lucky because as a dermatologist, uh, I do have more flexibility in my time and uh, I am able to allocate time to work and allocate time to be fully focused with my, my kids and my family because, uh, because I have a responsibility to them as well as a responsibility to my patients and my students. So it is feasible. Uh, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of flexibility. And uh, it's not, I mean, you need a lot of support. It's not easy. Uh, you need support from your partner and you need support from your family and you need support from, you know, a, for example, this year has been very difficult with the pandemic and the schools closing down. So um, it was it was complicated to be able to work properly and have the kids stay at home um, and still be able to go to the clinic and perform properly. So it's not easy, but it's feasible. You know, and uh, some specialties are easier than other specialties to be able to get to that to that uh, equilibrium. And at the end of the day, uh, you have to think of the example that you're setting for your children. So, um, um, if they see a successful uh, working mother in front of them, uh, they will be more. I mean, as a, at this generation would be more likely to accept the idea of a working mother. You know, this is how you, for me, this is how you do the change. You do the change on your own children. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. What is one piece of advice you would give to current students that are struggling in organizing their time and are on the verge of giving up on their career in medicine? Um, I, you know, as I said before, you know, it's it's about being efficient and about giving yourself a break sometimes, because if you overdo it, I mean, if you spend all your time at the library, if you spend all your time studying, you won't be your, your time studying won't be very efficient. So let's say you're studying for three straight hours. The third hour you're studying won't be as productive as the first one. And so giving yourself breaks, giving yourself room to breathe, changing, you know, going out sometimes, uh, changing your, your, uh, your routine from time to time, giving yourself breaks, that helps. And, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't easy for me uh, to, to, to find a balance when I was a student. Uh, but there's something about being in your 20s that allows you to, uh, to pull all-nighters, go and do your exam and then go back to normal life, which I, I mean, I can't do in my thirties anymore. So, um, so voila, take it easy on, on the coffee and don't, uh, don't start bad habits like smoking when, <laughs> when you're a med student, because, because, well, you're, you're going to see a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of peer pressure. A lot of students also go into these habits to be able to cope with the stress of uh, med school. Thank you so much, Dr. Jnana. You're most welcome. It was a very informative and helpful podcast. And don't forget to follow her on Instagram at notpointanotherpointdermatologist. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.